The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Hey, hey, welcome to it. It is 632. Good to have you with us. John Scholes here. Alex Luchaferro making a surprise Thursday appearance. So good to have Alex along again for the second time this week. And uh, all ready to answer your questions. Alex is, so bring them on. Lines are wide open, so bring it on. Your questions, it uh, doesn't matter the topic when it comes to employment law. It could be a severance question. Could be a temporary layoff, maybe still a vaccine question at this point, or a testing question, whatever. Bring it on. We're ready to go. Email is help at employmentlawyer.ca. Not sure if we'll have time to get to those. Between the phone calls and our topic for the uh, the evening, which is being let go from your job without even realizing it. How about that? But first, Alex, brother, we always start with the case of the day. What do you got for us? Hey, Johnny, I'm pinch hitting uh, tonight for That's uh, it. for our good friend, good friend Lior and... Uh, Hopefully we'll get some good questions and uh, knock knock some answers out of the park here. But obviously great to be back live on the air, talking employment law again with you and talking workplace rights for employees and employers. It's been a busy week, uh, John, right back into things for the new year and continuing to help people resolve their workplace situations, solving problems, giving advice, helping people get the severance that uh, mm-hmm. that their own. Uh, you know, please reach out to us, uh, John, because they're dealing with a di- difficult situation. They yep. don't know what to do. They don't know how to respond to their employer and they just need some desperate help. They want to know what their rights are. They want to know what their options are. And that's what we do, John, as you very well know, and as our longtime listeners will know, we help people resolve their workplace problems. It's the bread and butter of our work. It's what we pride ourselves on day in and day out. And listen, what's great about our uh, at our job, uh, John, and, and as I've said before, is that after people speak to us, and I have this experience every single day, they actually feel a heck of a whole lot better. A lot of times we're able to help resolve people's workplace problems very easily, um, whether it's a severance negotiation or if you're having difficulty with your employer, somebody's mistreating you in the workplace. There are solutions to those problems. And listen, even in situations where we can't perfectly solve those problems, people are grateful to know what their options are, what their best option is, where they stand. So if you're listening to us right now, you're dealing with the situation at work. What I'm explaining here is kind of ringing true in your ears. Maybe you've been let go from your job and you've been offered a severance package. Maybe your boss is mistreating you. Maybe you're an employer. Maybe you own a business. You're dealing with a difficult situation with one of your employees. Listen, give us a call right now. It's an opportunity to speak with an employment lawyer. Let's solve that problem that's keeping you up at night. Let's try and alleviate some of that workplace stress. I always encourage our listeners, don't be shy. Call in. There are no bad questions. When it comes to employment law, we're here to talk. We're here to help. Uh, and as you mentioned, John, uh, with that out of the way, let's get started with uh, with the segment we call this case of the day. It's an opportunity to talk for a few minutes about a matter that came across my desk. This is not a matter I dealt with personally today, uh, John, but it is a matter that did come up today. It's actually an article uh, that came through today about a BC woman, so a woman out of British Columbia, who was fired as a result of time theft. And speaking of difficult situations, speaking of the importance of getting legal advice, I wanted to talk about this matter, John, because it's a it's a uh, very serious matter where ultimately this lady who had been employed with uh, with an employer for some time and was seeking severance, ultimately had to actually repay the employer, John, for time that she had effectively stolen. Wow. And so she ended up paying out of pocket. Uh, uh, John, because ultimately 
it was found that she stole time. And so very quickly here in a few minutes, the situation was that this employee uh, was working from home, working uh, as some sort of accounting role uh, and had to submit timesheets for the hours that she was working. And she did so. Now, interestingly enough, her employer was also using tracking software on her computer to keep an eye on what programs she was accessing, how often she would be in certain programs, the kind of work that she was doing, the kind of activity that she was doing on her computer. And this is a a point I wanted to stress here. As far as Ontario goes, uh, John, we have had a law in place now for quite some time since uh, last year where employers have to disclose if they're tracking your whereabouts during your employment. That could be computer tracking, it could be vehicle or GPS tracking, but you should know as an employee if you're being tracked in your work. Again, whether that's on your computer or whether that's by way of GPS or any other kind of tracking devices. An employer in Ontario has an obligation uh, to know or has an obligation rather to report to its employees to put in a policy what it's doing to keep an eye on you or not. And so in this lady's case, she didn't know because she was in British Columbia and that law didn't exist. She didn't know that the employer was tracking her. And lo and behold, her timesheets didn't actually reflect the work that she was doing. She was effectively lying to her employer, John, about the hours that she was keeping and the kind of work that she was doing. And unfortunately, she didn't get away with it. She was ultimately fired for cause, meaning uh, the tribunal in, in British Columbia found that her behavior was so bad in lying to the employer about what hours that she was working, it was so bad that she wasn't owed any severance whatsoever. Actually, there was an obligation there to repay uh, uh, some of the hours uh, that she didn't work. So a very stern warning there for employees coming out of British Columbia. And again, the law in Ontario was quite different when it comes to tracking, but a stern warning for employees there, which is that, you know, sometimes we always talk about cause for termination being such a a high bar, uh, John, and so difficult to prove a for-cause termination. And listen, that's true. It is very difficult for an employer to prove cause for termination. You have to do something really, really seriously bad as an employee to be let go for cause. It needs to be said, time theft is one of those really bad things. So that's that's the lesson for our employers here and our employees as well. Good case of the day to start off with. We'll uh, take a short break now and get back into our topic of the day and give you a chance to grab a phone and join in the show. Would love to hear from you. If the Employment Law Show continues, stand by. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. You betcha. Welcome back. Alex Luciferro is here uh, covering for the uh, the birthday boy. Lior is off tonight having a good time as he turns another year older. He's getting up there in years, Alex. What are you going to do? The boss man's celebrating a big day today, but there you go. So Alex is here, and you are here. So we got time for you to answer your phone calls, uh, 416-870-6400. Do you have any questions for us? We'll... We'll get to him, but in between that, being let go from your job without even realizing it, while your your other one realized it, she was thief in time in BC, so that's not really under the category. But this is, you're put on a temporary layoff. This has been a massive topic over the last two years, Alex, of course. Expand on that a little bit for me, pal. 
It absolutely has, uh, uh, John, temporary layoffs, uh, you know, particularly when we were in the context of COVID and yep. lockdowns and yep. all of that, uh, all of that fun stuff, as we'll recall over the past couple of years, was was really the most contentious issue, John, uh, followed very quickly, by the way, in case we forgot, uh, by the issue of mandatory vaccination policies, which which uh, uh, which then took first place from uh, from these COVID layoff cases. But really what we're talking about here, John, and quite frankly, whether we're talking about a vaccination policy and being put on unpaid leave, perhaps as a result of a vaccination policy or a COVID layoff or even just a regular temporary layoff. Uh, John, if you're in a situation where your employer comes to you and says, hey, you know, by the way, we're having a bit of a slow period with our work. We don't have as much work for you. We're going to need to temporarily lay you off for a bit. But don't worry. As soon as that work picks up, we're going to call you right back. That is what's called a temporary layoff at law, John. And the important lesson here that everyone needs to know is that an employer does not have an inherent right to temporarily lay you off. You need to agree to that layoff in order for it to be legal, in order for it to be legitimate. Otherwise, it simply isn't. You don't have to accept a temporary layoff as a term of your employment. There's two ways in which you can accept a layoff, uh, John. It can either be written into your employment contract, and so you're accepting it as a written term of employment, or you can accept it as effectively an implied term of your employment. So if they ask you and you say yes, you've then accepted it now as an implied term of your employment. But again, the lesson here, John, is you don't have to accept it. Actually, you can treat the temporary layoff as a termination and get your severance and get moving on with your employment. Right. And oftentimes that is the much better decision because temporary layoffs can leave you stranded without pay for months and months and months, and really as long as eight months in Ontario, an employer can keep you on temporary layoff. You don't want to be in that position. It's much better that you consider that a termination get your severance package, get your severance entitlements, which are going to be significant, yeah. and get moving on with your life. Let's grab a call. i got uh, Gerard standing by. Hey, Gerard, thanks for taking the time. How are you? Hey, guys. I, got a, I have a question. Um, so I, I work for a known software company, and uh, when the pandemic started, we didn't know when we were going to return back to the office. Um, so I was told, we were told that, you know, if we need any equipment, either from chair to desk or anything like that, that, that was going to be sent to us. So I did require an ergonomic uh, chair and desk because that's what I had in in my office prior to that. And um, after getting everything approved by the directors it, and sending various emails to all different departments uh, in North America, I never received what I needed. So after 9, 10, 11 months of this, it has cost some physical injury where it has prevented me from doing a lot of activities that I used to do before. And, um, and everything is noted already by my doctor and physiotherapist as well. Um, so when this was presented over to HR, HR said, contact me immediately with um, global procurement where they said they were gonna do something immediately about it and they apologized uh, for the delay. Um, that happened approximately two months ago. So until today, still haven't received anything. And now this has brought me to depression, where I have um, I'm on on um, a stress leave for three months. Not something that I want to be on for three months. I'm, but Absolutely. at this point, it, this is where I stand, and and do for some mistakes on, on behalf of our company. Um, 
I'm kind of upset at the situation, and I just wanted to know, what can I do about this? I think it's a fair question, uh, Gerard, and I think you're right to be uh, upset. What we're really talking about here, from the sounds of it, is effectively a workplace injury. We're talking about a situation where, because of what the employer did or didn't do, uh, rather, in not providing you uh, with with the necessary equipment and the proper equipment, and you then having some issues thereafter, sounds like both physical issues in terms of your back, et cetera, but also now some mental health issues. That is a workplace injury potentially, which would entitle you, uh, and this is something that we may want to discuss off air in a little more detail, but it might entitle you to some form of workers' compensation. So in Ontario, we're talking about the WSIB. Um, and there may be a claim there, and I wouldn't be surprised that's why the employer kind of jumped so quickly when you raised this issue initially, uh, Gerard. Employers absolutely despise WSIB or workers' compensation claims, and typically they will do everything that they can to avoid them. Now, the fact that that was two months ago and nothing has happened since is problematic. Uh, and so what I would suggest, uh, Gerard, is before you say anything else to your employer, before you accept any apologies or any offers on their end. Let's have a chat off air. Let's talk about your situation in more detail. Let's talk about what options you have. Certainly a WSAB claim might be one of them. Let's, you know, let's get into the details of the situation and figure out what your best option is. Give us a call. John will give you the number. Jared, it is certainly worth a conversation given how the employer has treated you thus far. Gerard, I'll give you that number before we uh, we let you go. Again, 1-855-821-5900, 1-855-821-5900 is how you uh, call Alex uh, after the show, of course. Rick, thank you for hanging on. How are you? Good evening, gentlemen. Good, sir. What's going on with you? What's your question? My question for your guests is uh, as follows here. I'm a, I work for a transportation company, and we're, uh, I'm a driver. I'm a federally regulated employee considered because I do stuff for Canada Post. Um oh. That way, there I shouldn't mention it. But anyway, I don't work for them, but uh, we're just subcontract. And being such as we're a federal, I'm a federally regulated employee. I just wondered, was there any difference between if there is such a thing as a federal severance package compared to a provincial uh, severance package? Great question. Different, different, different statutes. Yep. Yeah, great question, uh, uh, Rick. And the short answer really is that there absolutely isn't. Severance is calculated the same way across the board for both. Uh, provincial and federally regulated employees, whatever employee you are. And some employers are, as you well, very well explained, are federally regulated. Uh, these are telecommunications companies, for example, the banks, transportation companies that go internationally or across provinces. Those are federally regulated employers. But the reality, Rick, is that severance is still going to be based on an employee's age, position and years of service. The older you are, longer your employment has been uh, with the same company, the more senior your position is within that company, the more severance you're going to get. And again, that applies whether you're federally regulated or provincially regulated. Now, within yeah. that general framework, Rick, I should note that there is different legislation for federally regulated employees and provincially regulated. In Ontario, for example, the provincially regulated employees have the Employment Standards Act, the ESA as we call it, that provides for minimum employment standards. So these are kind of the bare bones, minimum employment standards that any employee should be uh, receiving. You know, and they it obviously provides for minimum wage, hours of work, overtime, uh, vacation pay, all of those minimum protections that employees have. 
The same applies to federal employees, Rick, although for federal employees, it's the Canada Labor Code that provides for those minimums. But again, these are just minimum entitlements. These are just minimal rights that employees have. When we're talking severance, it's still that analysis of age, position, and years of service, regardless of whether you're provincially or federally. Oh, yeah, but I'm just, I'm just saying, is there much difference between, say, like, like if I was to make a lay complaint to my employer, so as a federal, like a sort of regulated employee, would I approach the feds or the province? I think I would approach the feds first. That's right. If you are federally regulated and if you're working for a transportation company that travels across provinces, across the country, or even internationally, you would be federally regulated. Rick, and yes, if you're looking to file a complaint with the Labor Board, for example, it would be under the Canada Labor Code in your case. Okay. I might okay. advise you, Rick, before you do that, get advice, speak to an employment lawyer. Give us a call at sure. the office, speak to any employment lawyer, really. You want to make, oftentimes, I have to say, going to the Labor Board is not the right decision in these kinds of situations. There, no. are, there, no. are, there are other forms of action that are more effective in resolving workplace disputes. But again, perhaps that's a conversation for, for off air. As far as the differences go between those jurisdictions, there isn't much really. But in your case, it sounds like you should be going to the labor board uh, if that is the best option. And that's probably worth a discussion in and of itself. Thanks for the call and your time. Rick, and to move on down to, uh, to Marianne. Hi, Marianne. How are you? Good. Thank you. Excellent. What's your yeah. question? My question is if you have a privately employed uh, caregiver and it's been 10 years and she's uh, 24-7 looking after an elderly uh, gentleman, uh, let's say that person, hopefully not, but eventually passes, as we all do, um, what would we call that? Like, what would be the termination of employment? They would say, oh, we lost our job, we lost our job, you owe, uh, you owe me, I, I might have worked. Like, what, how do we view uh, the fact that they would no longer have a job if that person dies naturally. Very interesting question, uh, Mary. Yeah. Excellent, excellent question. I mean, certainly, uh, I mean, I guess we would presume in a case like that, that that, that particular caregiver's work ends, of course, with the patient uh, uh, dying. Mm. Uh, but it's not necessarily a guarantee. Their employment would formally have to come to an end. So it would have to be formally terminated by whoever the right. particular employer is, the individual, let's say in that case, or their family, for example, or a spouse, et cetera, whomever. And so there would first have to be that formal termination. Listen, in that case, I do think that there would be severance owing. I don't see really any other way of, uh, around it if the employment is ending, right? Mm -hmm. right? Because severance is effectively a guarantee in that case. If you are an employee in Ontario or in Canada more generally, and you are let go from your employment, and it's not a four-cause termination, meaning you haven't done something terribly wrong or obscenely wrong, uh, you are going to be owed severance as an employee. It's, sim it's as simple as that. Uh, and in this case, I would probably have to say, Marianne, severance is going to be based on that individual's age, position, and years of service. The reason why we look at those factors, Marianne, it might be important in this kind mm -hmm. of analysis, is that ultimately someone's age, again, how long they've been out of the job market their, or their years of service, in other words, and their position may dictate how long it might take them to go out there and find new employment. And that is very relevant to a severance analysis. And so, listen, if you're dealing, if you're the caregiver yourself, uh, Marianne, I would certainly, uh, you know, get some advice uh, and speak with one of our employment lawyers if you find yourself in that situation of your employment coming to an end. If you're the one, if you're, you know, if you're the employer here, 
uh, then you may want to be cautious about how you terminate that relationship. You want to do it delicately. You want to do it, of course, respectfully. Uh, and um, and I think severance would have to be provided. Okay, which location? Like, you have a Brampton location. Do you have other ones? Like, which one do we call? Well, I have to say, we operate remotely for the most part. Uh, and so really, wherever you are, uh, Marianne, we can have a phone conversation. We can have a video call. We have a, we have a, a main office in Toronto in the city right downtown on Bay Street. We have offices across the country for that matter as well. So I wouldn't worry about the location. Uh, give us a call. John will give you the number and we can be put in touch really however. That's good. Okay. Yeah. Thanks, Marianne. I'll just uh, throw it to you quickly. I repeat it throughout the show, of course, one 821 5900 to get hold of Alex and the crew. Uh, again, it doesn't matter geographically where you are, one 821 5900 and help at employmentlawyer.ca would be the uh, would be the email address. Still got a couple minutes to go here, so we'll get uh, get Mark on the line. Hey, Mark, thanks for taking the time. How are you? Hey, guys. How you doing? Good, brother. What's uh, what's your question? Yeah, the question is, uh, I'm past 65 years old now, and I'm still working. I'm going to be 71 pretty soon. I'm just curious if the um, question is, is that the severance pay, does the amount just after 65 or does it still work by the years of service and your age like does, it, does the amount go up or how, how does there is it frozen at a certain amount after 65 no it doesn't it doesn't really matter uh whether you're 65 or not mark but it but age is a factor that's taken into consideration so absolutely if you're continuing to work listen the older you are if your employment one day comes to an end your employment is terminated by your employer your age is going to matter. And the older you are, the more severance you're going to get. Now, along with your age, we look at an employee's position with the company. And we also look at, of course, their years of service, which, of course, increases well as one ages with the same uh, same employer. So as you know, as you get older and stay with the same employer and your years of service accrue, uh, you're going to be owed more severance. Whether you're 65 or not doesn't matter as a technicality. What I can tell you maybe as a cap on severance uh, Mark, and this is generally true. There are some exceptions, but generally, as a cap on severance, you're probably looking at something like 24 months or two years of pay, which is obviously a huge amount of severance. It's going to be a lot of money, two years of pay. But if you're 65, uh, Mark, and the older you get, again, depending on your years of service, depending on your position, uh, you're going to be in that range. Let's say you're a 20 plus year service employee, you're going to be at that 24 month mark quite easily, I would say. And that becomes even more so the case the older you get and the longer you stay with that. Oh, okay, that sounds good then. Thank you. Thanks, Mark, and uh, appreciate the time. Again, uh, keep the number with you if you need it in the uh, in the future. Hopefully you don't, but just in case, as we wrap up for another day, Alex is done. I'm done, but you can always reach out and get a hold of Alex and the uh, the rest of the team, one 821 5900 That would be the phone number. You have the option of email help at employmentlawyer.ca. And the website, that is good to help you in any regard. You'll learn lots. There's contact information there and access to the severance calculator. And that would be the website, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Again, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Thanks for uh, tuning in. We'll catch you on the weekend. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment.